cliffcentral.com Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com Welcome back to Future CEOs. It's always good to have Carl and Andrew in, in the studio. But the, you know what? Uh, it frustrates me because those guys are so good and so, uh, so Smart knowledgeable. Smart and so intelligent and so, yeah, correct. Yeah, they've got it all together. It's, it's great. And crazy, which is good. Yeah, no, no, it was fun. It was, it was fun, but it was also interesting. Let's go on to the flip side of it now, though. So let's talk about how we can maintain balance and focus in spite of all these technological advances that are going on. Very, very quickly. If you've just joined us, are you a future CEO? Well, you're going to say yes if you are a young, high-potential, up-and-coming entrepreneur or executive who either wants to fast-track their career or grow their business. This is the show for you, future CEOs. You are a future CEO. Let's get into it. Ruby, how do we introduce this segment? Um, go, go, go. They say that consistency is the name of the game. We've got an expert in studio today to tell us or to give us tools or to make us aware of the distractions not to get involved in in 2017 when it comes to our business. Please um, give a warm welcome to Harry Welby-Cook. Welcome to Future CEOs, Harry, once yeah. again. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, thank you very much. Great to be here. So on this topic, how do we innovate our business without losing traction and track of what we've built up from 2016? Well, I think if you've been listening to the previous segment, it's just really thrown your world apart because you already had enough to do. You were excited about your goals and yep. your focus for the year, and now you've been told to innovate. Yes. <laughs> and and innovation is a great buzzword, and we hear about disruption, and we're going, well, geez, I had enough to do. Where do I start? And what what tends to happen is we chase all these bright, shiny objects because they're coming at us whether we like it or not. We, we're finding them in the media. We're finding them on our phones. We're finding them everywhere we look and go. So what, what tends to happen is we, we almost get into wheel spin mode. We're, we're so busy already and with all this, this new stuff coming at us, we, we do lose focus and execution of what was planned or even what should be planned on the innovation tends to fall by the wayside. Millennials have taken over the workforce. What do you have to say about that when it comes to creating businesses that are recognizing this in, in, in their business? Well, I think they're trying to take over business, and I think there's a there's a nice tension in between between the other generations and saying, well, geez, this is not really working. How does it work? What should we be doing? What shouldn't we be doing? I like the fact that you call it a nice tension because it is actually quite valuable yeah. and it's very nice. I, I think every generation, there's been tension. So all of a sudden we're saying, oh, the millennials are these terrible people. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, you know, our parents thought the same about us and their grandparents about them and, and stuff like that. So it, it should be a healthy tension. There's value to add on both sides. And I think that's the sweet spot. You have to extract that. The beauty about the new generation is they are tech savvy. Yes. They're going to come up with the ideas. And even on the previous show, we were talking about products that make an impact and stuff like that. They are more wired to say, well, what's the meaning here? What's the purpose? What's the greater good? We're not just going to do something for the sake of doing it. We, we want to make an impact. We want to do something that means something. And, and that's the trick because a lot of businesses, I think, already have that, but they don't communicate it. And if your staff don't know about it and your clients don't know about it, you will suffer because people that seemingly get better at marketing that, that they're making an impact or doing good work or innovating or adding value, they'll rise and your business will fail. So I, I really need to ask you specifically about this idea of maintaining a, a specific or a, a very um, 
a focused focus, <laughs> a certain kind of focus in your business, but against the backdrop of the rise of what they were talking about, these bots that can speak in your behalf. It's no longer a human interaction. Uh, drones that can that can uh, deliver certain things uh, to your door, in fact, just, just land next to your house and there it is. Uh, and, 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 and. Are these things, certainly in South Africa, our market, are they, are they real? Must we focus on them? Must we not? What should we be doing if our business is a delivery business? Should we be doing it or not? Uh, where do you fall with all of this? Yeah, I think we are, like it or not, in the privileged position, because it is a privileged position, that we tend to lag a little bit on a lot of these things coming out. So we're, we're not – there is a lot of great innovation happening in South Africa on certain fronts. But we do tend to take what's happening in the rest of the world, which does sometimes give us a little bit more warning mm. than other countries. Oh, there's, there's test cases out there's there. There's test cases. We see it coming. We see it happening, and, and we can maybe react. That doesn't mean you must rest on your laurels and, and not worry about it. I think every single industry today needs to be critically looking at what will we look like and where will the challenges come from because they're all changing. Uh, there we're talking about lawyers and and what is a very technical, you know, academic kind of field going online. Uh, and, th- and those are the realities. So I think mm. what you need to do in your business, and you, you first need to get the focus right. I think a business is a vehicle to serve you as an individual or as a group of shareholders or as a greater purpose. I like that. I, I like the idea that actually – uh, you can't be distracted from your focus if your focus isn't right to begin with. I like that. Exactly. Most people don't have the focus. They, they're they a slave to their business. So they're taking a day and so as it comes, true. as it comes. So you, you have to take the time to think about it and mm. say, well, what do I want out of life? And what must this business provide? What must this business contribute in the future uh, to clients? And who, and who to, am I targeting? You know, tell. Well, before you're even targeting what do you want to do? What is the purpose of this business? Um, who will benefit from this? And then you can start to look and say, okay, well, who's the target market? Are there different target markets? Is there certain criteria that we, that we will use for that? But if you don't know that in the first place, you tend to be like a boat without a rudder or out of sail. You know, the, the motion of the ocean will just take you wherever. And I think that's often what the problem is. We, we're not really clear on what it is we're trying to achieve in the first place. And, and this, what you're sharing, is not just some whimsical theory. This is something you see on an ongoing basis as a business coach. All day, every day. Uh, you know, I'm working with a new business that I'm getting involved with personally as a shareholder. We had a meeting yesterday and very clear on why she's in the business, what she's doing and stuff like that. But hasn't articulated it to make it, this is what we stand for, this is how we recruit people that need to fit into this, because that's what often happens when you, even with millennials, when you've got the problem around staff, oh, I've got all these people and they don't know what they're doing and I'm having to do all the work. Well, you weren't clear or didn't articulate what you stood for, and therefore you recruited the wrong people in the first place. And once they were there, they didn't really know what to do or didn't really fit in, and then it's normally months of pain or even years of pain and punishment before you recognize that and, 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 and do something about it. So if you're clear up front, everything stems from there, and that's very important. Hmm. Disruption. Is that a new norm? Is that a norm that we want to be part of? Is that the name of the game? And the fact that technology keeps on evolving, is that a distraction? What are we going to do about that in your terms, Harry? Well, 
disruption has always been around. It's just now called disruption. We, we've called it change in the past. Uh, we, we've called it all sorts of things in the past. The reality is change is a portion of life. Disruption is just change. Uh, it, it's coming now, though, at a much faster pace. And the world, you know, we were listening to the, the amount of one rand coins that must cover the earth, yeah. oh, you know, wow. five times over per day. Per day. With the speed of the world, the speed of change will also change. And that's what disruption really is. It's just coming quicker and faster and from unexpected fields. Like that. That's not going to change. In fact, it will probably get worse. And, and there's certain industries that, that you see it coming, but people aren't reacting fast enough. And I think, that's what's important. If you see something or you hear about something or uh, you, you see the kind of writing on the wall, act fast because people are kind of put their head in the sand and hope for the world to, to stay as it is. And when they pull it out, it'll be the same. Well, no. And you'll wake up and you won't have a business. Let's quickly talk about – because we're talking about change. Let's talk about redundancy in your business. So you do you, – you employ mm-hmm. someone today. Six months from now, actually you realize that was a big mistake. They, they are no longer needed, no longer valuable. We can replace them. There's automation. There's all sorts of different things. How do you, how do you as a business owner approach those kinds of conversations, that kind of situation where maybe you have to lay off 50% of your workforce? Again, those are, those are sadly eventualities that, that will be faced. And, you know, probably one of the bigger worrying elements is what will people do in the future? Because if everything is automated and there's an app We've and there's a bot and stuff like that, uh, Gareth, you know, mm. but, but that's a whole discussion on its own. Mm. The reality is we can do things better, quicker, faster today. So, you know, and that's why entrepreneurship is so important because corporates and government will never be employing more people. The economic model is they must do more every year with less and still the biggest cost factor is people. Those are often the industries where they cull quicker. Uh, in your business, you know, you, if you're growing, generally you'll employ more people. Often what's happening is people are stagnating in their growth, uh, or costs have caught up and they haven't really, you know, matched the growth of the business. Now people are becoming expensive. Now we want to get rid of them. Uh, if you're continuing to grow, often the technology will allow you to at least keep at the same base. And you're not hiring new people, but at least you're not culling people. But sometimes you do have to face that reality. And, and that's, again, it's, it comes with forethought. You know, what is the plan for the year? Are we going to run into these problems? Communicate it well up front. Mm. You know, give people warning. Be, f- be comfortable in sharing that business is tough. Mm. There's not enough money to pay the bills. Mm. There's better ways of doing things. And put the challenge to your staff to say, well, unless we can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, unless we can change, grow. You know, grow, you find know, new innovate, income, whatever, you know, yes, great, yes. greater margins, innovate, whatever the case may be. We are going to have to look at this. And then, of course, it's survival of the fittest and the strongest. So, you know, you put the challenge to the people. When when you when you do nothing and ignore the issue and then all of a sudden spring it on people and say, listen, yeah, next month we're going into formal retrenchments or here's your letter, you got a job till the end of the month. Yeah. It's very really that that's the reality. You've often been ignoring the issue. So do it quite up front and put the challenge to your staff. Most people are wired that way. When they, when they face a challenge, human nature is to fight or flight. So they're either going to look for something else and leave by their own accord if they find something, or they're going to step up. And, you know, that's what you want. If people are stepping up and adding value, then you might not have to retrench people. 
Libby, what would it feel like to you if suddenly you uh, received a letter from me <laughs> saying, listen, sorry, you're not no longer the co-host. Uh, I go out there and I hunt. I think that the, and, and, and I go out there and I, as quick as possible. And I like where you're going with that. Uh, but here's my little tweak to it. There, there was an interesting article that we read just as, as a form of um, research for this conversation. And they spoke about how specialization is such an important thing to be able to do. Mm. Too many people out there are generalists mm. um, and they don't have a, a specialist skill to offer. Mm. Um, and of course, there's risk in developing specialization because of automation and these things. Mm. But do, just your thoughts on this idea of specialization, um, both as an entity, but then also perhaps as an entrepreneur, as an employee. Nice. Specialization will always have value. Mm. And the more rare that speciality is, the better. Correct. Uh, so you, you mentioned on your previous show, you don't differentiate on price or service. Most people think that's where they differentiate. Zappos, the example they use, you know, is a valid one, but generally the rule is that doesn't work. Yeah, that's an, almost an outlier. That's an outlier. So, so the reality is, you know, to think about your business is think about what's unique about your business. And then you write it down. And then all you do is you put the name of your biggest competitor above what you thought was unique about your business. And often it's exactly the same for their business. Mm. Well, then it's not a uniqueness. It's not a speciality. Often what we think we are specialists at, we're not. <laughs> so the best thing to do when, when you're wandering around, well, what does make us unique? Why do people buy from us? Why do they continue to come back? What's good about our business? Oh, who who are the the majority of our clients, and can we focus exclusively on them? That well, that's even a specialization of sorts in itself. It? But but ask your current clients, why do you do business with us? What do you like? What are those emotional triggers? Not the logic stuff, because that's not why people buy. The emotional things that keep you as a client. Then you can go look at that and say, okay, well, there's a big chunk of clients here that we don't need or shouldn't have, and then specialize in clients. Uh, or, you know, create that speciality, package it, communicate it and stuff like that. Because that's where you will get, um, you know, an added value. That's where you'll get margin. If everybody can do it or a computer can do it or it's very generic, mm. then your margins will be little to nothing. I guess there's also uh, – and, and Luby, I think you'll know about this because of a, a certain – um, it, it, there's a freelance element to the acting profession that you're a part of. And so it's almost a bit part that you would play. And I think people going forward need to be happy to play a bit part uh, instead of being part of the or, or own the entire whole. So what I mean by that is if, if we go in and we have a consulting contract and we're trying to turn around an operation, well, then we must get you guys in from Action Coach because we need that uh, coaching element. We can't do it necessarily. Mm. But then we'll, we'll, we'll divide the pie. We'll, we'll build something Higher together. Higher end experts. Yeah, exactly. So there's a specialization element there. But then I think it's, a, it's again, it's an emotional thing because you always want to own everything. Mm. You want to be able to take the biggest piece of the pie. But it, for, uh, going forward, it feels like – we um we really just have to uh, share, <laughs> and we're not wired as human beings for that. Yeah, exactly. You I know, like to laugh. We we, we grow up we no. grow up in scarcity. Yeah. You know, mm. what did your mother tell you when you wanted the second suite? Mm. Oh no no, you can't have a second one. You know, you, or you must share, or you must give other people. So we're wired to think scarcity. The reality is, real success comes from 
an abundance mindset. And that comes into what you were speaking previously around collaboration. Okay, but mm. yeah, now let's go into some detail around that because when you say abundance mindset, Ruby feels good inside, but it feels a little too fluffy for me. <laughs> so, uh, but we're talking about sharing, isn't Is that not the core yeah. of abundance? It, it's sharing and understanding <laughs> that, you know, one plus one could equal three, not just trying to control everything for yourself. Mm. Um, you know, we, we had it in our business a little while ago. We were coaching uh, two different clients in a similar area, both in kind of the tourism space, but very different focuses. And the clients took exception and said, well, you can't coach both of, both of us because that's my competitor mm. down the road. And we said, well, is it the problem in your area that people are going to the guy down the road to make the booking? Or are they not coming into this area? Because it was a real gem in the Midlands. And the reality was, from an abundance mindset, if we collaborated together – we drive people into our area, mm. and then they might do one activity by you, or the overflow of people might stay by by the other uh, establishment. But together we grow this area. We're not worried about people going down the road to book in um, at the the lodge down the road. We're worrying about people going 400 kilometers elsewhere, or flying past us, or driving past us, not knowing about us. And that's when collaboration works out. Uh, talking yesterday to to mm. one of our coaches around kind of niching in the medical profession. And, you know, the same thing. If you wanted to work just with dentists, dentists would say, oh, no, but I'm not so comfortable because you're working with my competitor down mm. the road. Well, is that the competitor or is the competition actually that people don't come regularly for a dental checkup? So if we created an awareness around the importance and the consistency and the regularity of dental checkups, you know, we would all benefit. And I think that is a big mindset shift for people to go from me, myself and I, but us as a, as a collective can benefit. I think that's my favorite point so far. Oh, oh really? No, no, but, but it is such an important point, especially as you know, the, we become a global village, but we're a global village of nodes, of these individual pieces, and we have to. We have to combine. We have to create value that way. We are running a little bit short on time. Luby, do you have a question, or can I ask a, pose another question? Go for it, go for it. Well, I would like you, Harry, please, mm. to Give us three questions that we can ask within our business or perhaps our career that mm. will help us to focus on what we should be looking at versus being distracted by all of these technological advances. What are the three questions that we should ask ourselves right now? I think we've got one, which was the, the point that you raised earlier. What is your real focus? Um, but correct me. If yeah, I, I think to, to, to just make that simpler, what is the one thing you want out of 2017? The major driver that will make this year successful. And it mustn't be 10 things or, you know, collective of things. Only one. What is the one thing? Because often if you find the right one thing sure. and that becomes your focus, yes, there's lots of building blocks to get there. But that one thing is what you get out of, the, out of bed in the morning to focus on. And that's what drives you. When you're focusing on three or four or five different things, which is the main driver? So get, get it down to what is the one thing that will make 2017 successful for me, whether it's in your business or your career, doesn't matter. Uh, that's first and foremost the most important. The, the next one is the, the reality of especially a business, you know, and, and I suppose your career is no different. Whether we like it or not, we live in an environment where, where money is the kind of exchange of value, but we have to earn and add value so that we can live and then hopefully have left over and thrive uh, ultimately. Sure. So, so put a financial number to that because the financial number is not that we're money hungry and we're focusing on the money and that's all of that's what it's about. 
But that allows us to do what we need to do to live, to contribute, to give back, to, to play a role in the community and stuff like that. So what, what I like have about a very this, specific number in mind. What I like about this, and these are two separate points, yes? Yeah. yeah. yeah so the first one is not uh, – let's make a rule uh, to all of those who are listening, to myself, to you, Luby. We'll make a rule that the, our first point cannot be a number. But then our second point has to be a number. I yeah. like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Because often, often we do one or the other. Well, we don't get out of bed no, no matter how materialistic you are. You don't get out of bed going, Oh, I want to make a million rand this year. You, you just don't. Um, you want what the million rand maybe can provide. Sure. So, so that's why the one thing is not always in very rarely should be a number or a money thing, but you need to have the money because that provides the specific target that you can then break down whether it's into quarters months weeks even days and then it becomes easier especially when you start breaking it down a number looks very difficult over 365 days when you break it down to what it need to do for this hour well then it's nothing i can do that number this hour but i could never imagine doing that over the year and then it becomes easier so Number one, the one thing that you want to get out of 2017. Number two, what is the number? What is that magical financial number that you're chasing? Whether it's commission or bonus that you want out of your salary or an increase that you need for your business specifically. And not always turnover, but profit. What profit do you want to make this year, which is the most important? The, the third one is to schedule time for distraction. And, and, and that sounds stupid. That's great. That's great. <laughs> But, you know, we get distracted all the time. Now, the reality is, you know, it's very difficult to work 8, 10, 12 hours a day and not have distraction. So schedule distraction. Say, I'm going to play on social media at X time um, a day. Minutes, yeah. yeah, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, half an hour here, half an hour there, whatever it is. I'm going to schedule once a week or once a month to do research. And it might be an hour where you, you know, Googling, watching some YouTube videos, things like that. But then it's scheduled. And then once that's done, mm. get back to work. Mm. And if in your research or you're playing around, you come across something, you say, oh, I need to investigate this. Then you schedule it for next week, next month, whatever the case may be. Mm. With that too, though, the important thing is have a quarterly focus that rolls up to the yearly goals. Mm. And the, the nice thing to do is when you get an idea – and funny enough, for most guys in particular, it's either in the shower or the car or the toilet. It is, yeah. Uh, because that's when you're alone and you've got time to think. When you get that idea, put it down and say, right, that's next quarter's idea. Have a, have a journal, have a piece of paper, have down, a whiteboard. Write it down. Write it down. Mm. But it must say at the heading, next quarter's idea. Because we get distracted by the idea today. I know. And then we chase it for three weeks and it doesn't work out anyway. Or it gets lost in translation. Lost. You know how it is. Book it in for next quarter. When you do your planning sure. for the next quarter, at the next quarterly focus, you look through those idealists. Half of them have fallen by the wayside, and half of them become valid for the next quarter. What I love about the points that you've raised is that we're, we essentially are reverse engineering. And to reverse engineer means that there's focus. Because we have the – and to quote a phrase from Stephen Covey, we, we begin with the end in mind. That's it. Uh, and that really is where success lies. And, and so then we're living life. A little bit backward, but it's a traversed, engineered. Instead of having to live forward and fall, fall um, over things all the time. I like that a lot. Luby? I don't know about the rest of you listening to this portion of Don't Get Distracted, but if you didn't catch this, please do listen to our podcasts. One thing about this show is that I always leave here speechless, breathless, and educated. Thank you so much, Harry, for joining us.
once again on future CEOs and giving us magnificent tips of how not to be distracted and grow your business in 2017. Yes, thank you very much, Harry. Only a pleasure. Thanks. You're the best. All right, Libby. We will. I'll see you same time, same place next week, Thursday, 1 p.m. Uh, we're going to be live here on Cliff Central. We'll see. I'll see you then, and we'll see the rest of you then as well. Bye bye. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.